0: I'm Christina, and this is Erin, and you're listening to Something to Wag About.
1: In my class the other day, people were, because one of the things we do is cooperative care, and people were talking about how anxious they were. In this particular class, there was a couple of people that were just like super anxious about doing their their dog's nails. And I was just like, I was like, spoiler. It's totally okay <laughs> if you don't do your dog's nails. I don't do my dog's nails. My dog's nails makes me anxious. So I spend money to get somebody else. To do <laughs> my dog's nails. That's
0: totally okay. <laughs> hey, why don't we talk about that for a minute?
1: Doing dog's nails.
0: Well, the options there if we have some husbandry stuff that makes us anxious or makes our dogs anxious. And what our options are a good topic. Mm-hmm.
1: I actually like, because I get so anxious doing my dog snails and I get anxious because I'm worried about quicking them. Um, I get anxious, which makes my dogs get anxious. So that's why I just decided right from the get go. I was like, no, I'm not doing it, especially with Bee Cause she's an anxious dog in general. So, um, I just get my groomer
0: to do it. <laughs> all the time. it all the time for me <laughs> i think that's a great plan i do um i have four docs so i do three of them myself i used to use a dremel but once max lost her sight she became afraid of the Dremel, so i just clipped them and enzo's always been a bit sound sensitive so he uh, i clip his as well and then jubilee since i'm clipping everyone else's so she gets clipped um but Riker had really serious um, handling issues with me or with anyone he knows but a stranger could handle him quite well so i also did like you did and had the groomer just do him and he goes every three weeks so she does his nails every three weeks
1: yep yep i think it's a good i think it's a good option to get somebody else to do them especially if it's a if it's an anxious and anxious mix dog and handler it's uh It's a super good option to get someone, particularly a a professional. I mean, I watched Deidre do it and she does it in like, uh, like two minutes, all four feet done. So it's much less, uh, it's, it's very stress-free for me. So So
0: what would you suggest though, if the dog won't allow the groomer to do it even?
1: I guess it's, uh, you know, it's really dog dependent. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess it would be that when you say they don't allow them to do it to what degree, do they not allow them to do it? Like the dog's just completely like trying to,
0: trying to bite, like aggressive. Yep. Lost their marbles. Uh, you are not physically doing this to this 80 pound dog. I'd probably attempt a scratch board or something. Yeah, scratch board. Yeah. Pretty cool idea. Um, do you want to tell everybody what that is?
1: I've actually never... Had one, I can I can assume what one is. I've actually never seen one, but I've heard about
0: them. There's a great Facebook group that we can link to in the show notes. Actually, the scratchboard is basically a, a large piece of plywood or something similar, and with uh, depending on your dog, a sandpaper surface put onto it. And then we do a, it's kind of like a modified shake a paw, and it's really quite quite straightforward for most dogs, not for all dogs, but it's quite straightforward to teach the dog to paw at the board and to file their own nails down little bit by little bit, A little bit more involved to teach the back feet, but also quite doable. I'm also uh, a big fan of talking to your vet and getting some medical help. When the animal is so traumatized, if they just are terrified about getting some sort of husbandry thing, nails is a big one, obviously, ear drops yeah. and all kinds of other stuff can be on that same page. If the animal is being traumatized, they really think they're in danger I am 100% okay with you talking to your vet and getting some medication to help if that's what your vet thinks is good for your dog and um, so that you can get those things done if they need to be done. Yeah, I think that's a I think
1: that's a good solution too. Do you what are your thoughts on people who just leave it because they can't do it and nobody can do it?
0: In that case I would really look at that medical help. Yeah. Because I mean it depends. Is it like you can't scissor around their face. And so they have frilly hair around their ears. That's not something that affects the dog's health, but if it's nails that can affect the dog's long-term health and uh, their well-being as they, especially as they get older. So I would think that's something that needs to be done at least somewhat frequently. That's not one that I personally would choose to let go, but we all make the best decision we can for the dog that we have. I I would take that by case by case.
1: I agree. Yeah. I, I do think nails are ones that, um, people should try. It is a bit dog-dependent. I've actually have seen a couple dogs that for whatever reason, their nail type, uh, they just don't seem to need it as much. Mm -hmm. So it it absolutely is dog-dependent. Some dogs seem to be able to wear their own nails down just by walking on concrete and that type of thing, but it's pretty, pretty seldom. Like (laughs) pretty rare that you see that but it is it is it does happen so it is a bit dog dependent but long nails can affect uh nails are my main one they can affect gait and can actually cause lameness
0: issues and all that type of stuff Mm -hmm. so I am pretty pretty pro getting nails done if possible and the longer they are the easier it is for the dog to catch them on something or crack them or get injured that way you never met Toby but my golden retriever we used to go to the beach all the time on those big rough rocks and his nails were so short from running on the rocks he he was yeah. fast he was yeah. a very fast dog he, his nails he would actually wear them down to the quick himself i never ever had to trim his nails lucky yeah <laughs> fronts and backs he would just just wow. run and run and run until they were down but he was he was a fast little dog yeah oh we should maybe talk about some cooperative care huh yeah we could do that it's a good
1: good topic What do you want to say about it? I feel like that's your domain.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, I think cooperative care is very challenging in dogs to have fully cooperative care. I think it's a lot easier in an animal that we don't have as much interaction with. Um, the, this is just my thoughts on the matter. Someone can who knows more than I can certainly step in and tell me I'm wrong, and I will I will acquiesce. It's not a hill, not a mountain I would uh, die on here. The when we talk about cooperative care, we often use the examples of uh, zoo animals and teaching them to stand still for blood draw or nails or what have you. Um, but those animals, when they do interact with humans, they have a very small set of expected behaviors that pay. And so I think it's easier when you just have that small repertoire of behaviors or that small piece of interaction to say, this is what we do together. And with our dogs, I think it's harder to have fully cooperative care in a very fearful dog. The, the number of behaviors and the number of interactions we have with our dogs uh, is huge. And so when the is in front of us, there's a lot of options for them to earn reinforcement. There's a lot of things that they can do. And when one of those things is scary, it takes, it takes a lot of work. And I think a lot more work than the average pet owner is able or willing um, to put in to get fully cooperative care. If you have an animal, if you start with an animal that's truly terrified of the procedure. I think that's a really good point. In general, if you have a nice, easygoing dog and a, owner that's really committed um we start with cooperative care and we can definitely try to get there but i don't think the average pet owner or a sport owner or any dog owner should feel bad if our goal is that the animal tolerate the experience yeah fully cooperate
1: i'm curious have you have you had the experience with some dogs that you found um sometimes the more people attempt cooperative care especially if it's a fearful dog uh, with a particular procedure uh that and i feel like sometimes people too like you say pet people who don't quite have the uh you know the eye and mechanics that trainers have they tend to do more luring and coaxing Mm -hmm. And they mean to and that I can actually find it has uh, the opposite effect that we're going for and they'll actually start to even avoid
0: it more than before they had tried to do cooperative care. Yes. So um, a lot of cooperative care based on um, counter conditioning. The example that I use is when we're trying to desensitize our dog to something, if we push them over threshold too often, we actually end up sensitizing them to it. And that's what happens there with that counter conditioning is when people are trying to create, here's a little tiny bit of a scary thing. Here's a treat. Here's a little tiny bit of a scary thing. Here's a treat. The two things that can happen is if that scary thing is too big, the treat doesn't matter. And we end up poisoning the process. The other piece that can happen there is if you're going too fast, the process should be tiny little scary thing. Here's a treat tiny little scary thing. Here's a treat. But if you're going fast, scary thing, treat, scary thing, treat, scary thing, treat. It can look like treat, scary thing. Right. Treat, scary thing. And then that case, we're actually teaching that the the learner that our food, our little treat is scary because the treat is predicts the next scary thing.
1: Yeah. I've definitely, I've seen it happen and dogs start to avoid food. Yeah.
0: And the whole scenario can be a problem. So counter conditioning, if you have a very fearful dog needs to be done very slowly, very carefully with good mechanics. Um, And I I just don't want people to feel bad if they're not gonna get there, if the best that they can get is the dog tolerates these husbandry things. And I think that's a fine goal. That's certainly my goal for my dogs. Um, With Max, my golden cross, like it's, I could get the, she enjoys it much better. Much easier, much faster than I could with my hypersensitive border collies or my hypersensitive little Eskimo. So, you know, depends on the dog, but tolerance is a great goal, a fair goal, I think, for most people and most dogs. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Do you have anything fun or happy or funny story you want to share with us to end this topic? Oh, <laughs> 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 well, tell us about your, um, your, little adventure with Pippin today it was uh it was little little in a
1: awful significant way (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how to how to put it without making it completely gross for people listening
0: (laughs) oh I think that's the fun part of it so you so you come home and you smell dog poop or how to start
1: yeah well I mean I I do have a dog with uh he had his birthday yesterday so he had uh he had some birthday pizza and, you know, we do that knowing that there may be some consequences. afterward. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, so I come home and, you know, I, I smell something that's not so great and I don't get too squeamish. I'm pretty happy sticking my head near my dogs, butt to see if it smells gross and that's what I'm smelling. So anyway, so I stuck my head right in there and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not only was it that, but there was a, a big runny you know, glob of crap that I put my nose within one inch was was pretty awful. So, you know, uh, eyes first before (laughs) nose is my general tip now. So So, you stopped within an inch, though. You didn't get it all over your nose. Luckily, I didn't get it all over my nose. (laughs) And luckily, because Pippin does have a lot of um, uh, back end issues, usually, in terms of his uh, digestive system, uh, he, we, we made a happy compromise. He really didn't like the hose, which is fair enough. I only, <laughs> have, a cold, I only have a cold water hose. So and it's I, December. It's December. Well, and even in the summer, he didn't really appreciate that uh, bit of a shock on his hind end. So we, we compromised and he now gets to, to go in my shower, which is, much, which is much warmer. And he He's quite happy to go in there for a a game. He really he gets very excited about tugging on the towel after I dry him wash. So that's how we made showering. It's tolerable. This is where I like that that topic. He doesn't he doesn't love it, but he likes getting his tug afterward and he puts up with the shower um, because he kind of just knows it's a it's a thing that's going to happen. So, yeah, (laughs) but yes, eyes first. (laughs) Uh, Eyes first. Okay. Lesson for today. That's the lesson for today.